0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, get to chat some of the interesting figures and leading lights in this crazy industry of writing and self-publishing. And today we are delighted to have a very special guest. She is Golden Angel. Uh, an author of Kinky Hot Romance, and she is here to talk to us today about how to get the most out of your backlist, which is a very, very exciting and interesting topic for us authors. So we are so excited to have you, Golden Angel. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love Hidden Gems. So
0: <laughs> Well, it is our pleasure indeed. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, uh, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing great, Roland. Thanks, and welcome, Golden Angel. Uh, we
2: wanted to talk to you about, well, I mean, first of all, you have a really popular uh, TikTok channel where you, um, uh, you have close to 20,000 followers, which, is, I mean, to me, it's impressive. I, I don't know. I'm not a huge TikTok user, so I don't know, like, what the normal numbers are, but 20,000 of anything sounds like a lot to me. So, uh, And then, so, you, you know, you send out stuff, uh, you, you post stuff on there towards readers, but also towards authors. Um, and, you know, one of the things that you are um, an expert on, and in fact, uh, you told me you were um, giving a, uh, a, a presentation on this topic uh, at Inker's Con this year. So if anybody wants to hear more in-depth version of this, then uh, they might want to get a ticket to that. But uh, you're going to be talking about uh, backlist marketing. So the idea of marketing your older books, not necessarily just your new release, which we do talk about a lot. We talk about marketing and generally we focus on new release marketing because that's usually what people really want to push their latest book. Um, But there are uh, differences between marketing your latest release versus marketing your backlist. And so you're uh, going to give us some ideas about what all those differences are and how to how to maximize them all and all that fun stuff, right? So yes. what, do you, what do you, take it yeah. away
1: then. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been, um, on, I self publishing and I've got a couple with tribe pubs and a couple with small publishers since um, 2012. And so I have a pretty extensive backlist at this point. Um, and one of the things that I always struggled with was marketing my front list. Um, especially because I write in series and a lot of readers, not all of them, but a lot of them don't really like to jump in in the middle of a series. Um, And my series tend to be fairly long. I have uh, one series, it's nine books. I've got a couple others that are five or four books long, and then only a few that are three books. Um, And I found that for me, what was most effective with promoting my new releases was actually promoting an older book in the series. Um, And, you know, it does have to be said when you're doing something like that, the series needs to have good read-through. You have to know that if someone picks up book one, that they are going to continue to read um, and keep on going through books two, three, four. Uh, I've got my fifth book in a series coming out next month. Um, and so, you know, I need to know that they're going to make it through those first four books in order to make, um, the series worth it. And I, I do a little bit of marketing for my new releases. It's not my forte. Um, at this point, I have a lot more experience marketing my backlist books. Um, so
2: the, the if you're going to do that, then the series kind of has to be standalone. Each book has to be standalone or, um, do they need to start at book one?
1: Um, So I personally write my books so that each of them, someone could just jump in right in the middle of the series. That's the way I prefer to do it. However, um, a lot of the techniques I would use would work for someone who the reader does have to start at book one, um, because most of the time I am promoting book one. Um, So if it's, you know, if it's a series with cliffhangers, these tactics still work. And they can work for standalones too. It gets a little bit more difficult, but you create um, I believe I heard it's Sky Warren. I was taking her class and she called it a secret series, where at the end of the book you say, Hey, if you enjoyed this book, make sure to check out my other book. This other and you know, name another book that's similar in genre or feel, so that even though it's a standalone, the readers know, okay, this is where I want to go next. Because that's really um that's really how I make I earn my income is readers, um, a lot of my first-in series are free, or they are discounted slightly. The, my newer series, the first book is discounted slightly from the rest of the series. Um, my older series that are finished, the first book is free. And you don't make any money on a free book, and you make less money on a discounted book. But I know that once someone reads that, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to keep reading. Um, my series have good hooks. They know And the nice thing about series is that you know exactly where to go when you're done with the book. If you liked it, you just go to the next book in the series. So if you're doing standalones, you do have to kind of let them know where to go. Um, and if you're doing series, whether it's a standalone within a series or it's a series about the same people that's got cliffhangers and a continuous storyline, um, the readers still know where to go. And for me, that's really important to how I market it. Um, Especially because I do make good use of freebies uh, and sales when I'm doing this, which I use hidden gems for.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but... So one question I have then is, you know, you're saying that it works best um, in a series if you have strong read-through, which makes sense. And we've talked about that before, about, you know, uh, sending people to book one so that you can sell through the rest of the series. Um, But, you know, one of the challenges is always how do you know how good your read-through is? So d- different authors have different ways of, of determining that. Um, how do you determine, you know, how good your read-through is for a series?
1: Um, so I can actually, I use my um, income and also like just the sa- book sales figures. Um, I do, I, I took a class for Sky Warren's ad class and she has it set up. You can, but anyone could do this where you make an Excel spreadsheet and put in the formulas Um, And I am not great at formulas, so I would not be the one to tell you how to do it, but it is possible to put in the formulas to calculate so that you can see the percentages of like, okay, this many people downloaded book one, and then this many people read book two, and then this many people read book three. And if you put in that information for a set amount of time, you can actually see the percentages of your read-through from book one to book two, to book three, to book four, and you can see okay, you know, and you know, with the free books, more people download than read through. Like if, I, if I'm if i looking at my numbers, like percentages from the free book to a paid book versus the percentages from like my paid book to my paid book, um, the numbers seem like very, very different. So like for me, good read through on a free book from the free book one to book two um, is usually I aim for more than three percent, and I usually get between. I usually get around five. Sometimes I get as much as seven percent. Um, but I am also constantly pushing the freebies. I use. Um, I have a schedule that I make that I put together every year. I have uh, right now. I have three free. No, I've got five free books right now. But I'm only. Per, I'm only like focusing on promoting three of them. Um, and so what I do is I've got. the year divided into four month sections and for four months i spend um i put the one freebie into two paid newsletters every month so newsletters like hidden Gems in their freebie spot um free booksy uh (laughs) bookbub if i can get it um dango books like there's i mean there's a million of them out there and so i just and i'll test new ones i'll try out new ones and i put you know, that freebie into two paid newsletters every month for four months, and then I move on to the second freebie, and I put that freebie into two paid newsletters every month for the next four months, um, and then so on for the last, uh, try last four months of the year. Um, And-
2: I think think what I've heard from a lot of authors that do free, uh, well, actually, I've heard it from readers even, that um, for free books, a lot of them, uh, they're almost like collectors more than readers. You know, they they download, they see all these free books and they download them. They don't necessarily even read them. So it's almost like it skews your, your read-through because they might not even have read the book that they downloaded, that free yeah. book, right?
1: And so that's why to me, like, I'm like, all right, I got a 5% read-through. I mean, I had, but yeah, and of course the more downloads you get, um, the lower that read-through number is actually going to be, the percentage. Um, however, if, and and what I have found is what really matters on getting the readers to read um, rather than just downloading and holding on to them is the little tagline that goes with like, having a good cover, of course, because they see the cover, they know this book looks like it's the genre that I like, and that warms them up to you. And then the little blurb um, goes in the newsletter, like how hooky that is and how hooky your blurb is and how much that makes them want to read it um i found that by updating blurbs updating the language that i'm using in the ads that's what's made the biggest difference in re- in actually getting read through for me um yeah yeah <laughs> makes
2: sense. and then are your books in ku
1: mine are not well So I actually have two pen names. Golden Angel, uh, 95% of my books are not in KU. They are wide. Um, I do have a second pen name, which is Dark Romance and Erotica, um, Sinistrayon. And she only has about 10 books. Um, And I do something slightly different with her because the the marketing between KU and wide, I use freebies for both but in a different way. Um, With my wide books, I have what we call perma-freebies. They're long-term freebies. Um, I have two that have been free for years at this point, um, and two of my more popular, right at the beginning of my more popular series, and then I have, um, I alternate, and like every six months or so, I change up the third freebie. Um, for KU, I absolutely make use of the KU countdown deals and the KU freebie days, Um, Because the other nice thing about those is Amazon will push you push those books for you if you're a new author. Like you put it free, Amazon wants everybody to know. Um, It's a really nice, or you put it on sale. Like it's a really nice way to get a that kind of. It's not the same as the algorithm boost that you get when you you know it's a new release, but it does give you a boost. Um, And last year, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to my second pen name, but last year. Um, I decided I'm. I'm usually making around four to five thousand dollars with that pen name. It's got ten books. It does well. Um, and last year I was like, but I don't. I didn't market it. And last year I decided, you know what? I never market. This is this thing is all backlist now. I have one new release coming out in October, and that's it. And I didn't have any new releases the year before. Let me see if I can put my money where my mouth is and market this effectively and turn her into a five-figure author. Um, which is what I did by October, just by using, actually using my Kindle Freebies and Countdown Days, um, popping it, you know, I did, I would do the five day freebie run, I only did four of them last year, um, and I popped them into Hidden Gems and Free Booksy and Pussy Librarian um, just about every time, and those were the three main ones that I used, and then I would I think I did get. Um, there's a romance author named Zoe York who does a kind of massive cross promotional opportunity for authors, um, where we're we're just all putting our free we give our free books to her. We give her the links, and she puts them up on a website, and then we all promote it to all our readers, and it's. Just, big cross promotional so anytime you can do newsletter swaps or anything like that with other authors who are in your genre um, especially if you have a freebie and because you know that that's a warm audience that's an audience that if they're in your genre they they already like someone's books that are like yours and then hey there's a chance to try it out for free a different author but it you'll probably like it if you like my books and it's when you can get that kind of cross promotion going on it's really um it's almost as good as having a reader tell their friend, "Hey, you should read this
2: book." <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, you know, word of mouth is one of the strongest things, and uh, yeah, you know, all those uh, people, all the authors that do that kind of cross-promotioning, I mean, it, it's and it's it's free. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe sometimes they're charging each other, but most of the time, it's <laughs> it's just a swap, right? Yeah. You put mine in yours, I'll put yours in mine, and. Uh, have yeah. you ever tried using, um, attribution tags, uh, to track your, your read through? Cause that can be another way to, to find out if there's read through, although only for Amazon.
1: Yeah, I've done a little bit with it, but Amazon, I haven't done anything with the new Amazon attribution tags yet. That's one of those things where I'm like, all right, I need to sit down and actually dig into this and figure out, um, using them <laughs> because I do think they'd be really, really helpful. Um, I am really big into data. What matters more to me usually is not so much where it's coming from because I can I can track that fairly well anyway, um, because I'm so into tracking my daily numbers and tracking my monthly numbers, and so I know the average amount of downloads that I get per day on any of my perma freebies. So I can really see the effect that a newsletter, you know, like what each paid newsletter, I can see how effective each of them are. I can compare them to each other because I know how many um, more downloads I'm getting on a day when I use that than I would on an average day. Um,
2: Right. But I guess uh, there's always that sense of, or that element of guesswork where, you know, there's some organic sales or there's some things coming in from other marketing things that you've done. So you never like, 100% 100% sure about, you know, did this sale come because of this, right? But with that, the attribution tags, I guess you um, you can have them on one tag on, say, your whole series. And then if somebody yeah. were to buy book one, then buy book two and buy through, you could actually tell that that person bought all of them, right?
1: Um, You know, I'm not sure if it would, if you'd be able to tell as it went through, actually. I mean, you'd I be think- able to tell that they bought book one and you would know where um they came from you know like if they came from an ad that you were running or if they came from organic or if they came from a newsletter i'm not sure that i i'm looking to that i'm not sure that you'd be able to track well, whether or not they bought book two
0: so i use attribution tags and when i create my campaigns i'll i'll be promoting one particular book you can add products so i promote my my mc romance series and I put all of those books in. And the great thing is when I'm looking at the dashboard, it says, yeah, you sold 20 editions of this book, but also you sold three editions of the other books. And you can actually see that the the traffic that you're driving to that one book then migrated to get traffic for, to sell your other books. And they do actually track that. So I can oh. see it's like, oh, I, it, it's kind of cool because I can now see, you know, how my advertising is also filtering out to my backlist as well. And that includes the, the KU page reads. I mean, I, all of my books are in KU and um, I can see precisely like, you know, 400 pages is the average read. So I get 400 pages of my book one and then a day later, I'll have 400 pages of book two. And then they, you can see the individual people reading each book in your series and like where they drop off. And at that point, it's like, OK, maybe I need to work on book five because people are dropping off and not reading book six and stuff like that.
1: So can you tell, so would you be able to like tell if like you used an attribution link for like say Free Booksy and you, you know, and then a different one for Hidden Gems like the next day, would you be able to tell, you'd be able to tell like who downloaded from Free Booksy and who downloaded from Hidden Gems, but would you be able to tell like if these people from Free Booksy went on to book two and these people from Hidden Gems went on to book two, or would it all be kind of wrapped in together?
0: No, in theory, you could absolutely do that. I don't know if Free Booksy will let you use an attribution tag rather than just a straight URL. But right. um, with my Facebook ads, I use attribution tags and I can run two campaigns. And I can tell exactly what read through and, and who bought books with one campaign. And then I have a different attribution tag, which will track that. So you can isolate which ones work and, and which ones are getting the most sales and which ones aren't. So I, you know, I was advertising two books and one of them I was getting like 50% return, which wasn't right. ideal. And then the other one I was getting like 200% return. So you can actually then, you know, shut one down and, and uh, exploit the other one.
1: Oh, shit. I'm going to have to move this up my list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Attribution tags are amazing. It's a it. game changer.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to have to move it up my list. I don't do a ton with paid ads. Um, I know, and I do know KU authors tend to do more. Um, I think, the, not, not to say that wide authors don't do any, but, um, most of the time I'm running kind of low level, um, what was the drip ads on BookBub and Facebook and, um, usually just to, just to the freebies and the 99 cent deals. And I don't do a whole lot of ads to my new releases unless I'm like trying to hit a list or something, um,
0: but I think your, your technique has a lot of value to it because, yeah, you can pay your money, but you would normally only get, you know, the most 100% return then. Whereas, okay, you can't necessarily keep repeating the newsletters and, and things that you like in the same way that you would advertising, but you get a much much more bang for your buck when you actually yeah. do that.
1: Yeah, and, and honestly, ads have such a learning curve towards them, and that's why, I, like, I still feel like I'm still learning. I don't feel as confident. I don't feel very confident with them. Um, whereas one of the nice things about like the paid newsletters and the swapping with other authors and just, you know, putting stuff up on TikTok and stuff like that, it's it's much more um assured return on investment. Like and it's also a really good way to test things like your cover and your blurb. Like if I put a free book in a paid newsletter and I don't see a bump. Or I see a very, very small bump in a newsletter that I've gotten like a big bump before and in the past. I go, okay what's wrong with my cover? What's wrong with that blurb? What didn't hit? Um, And then if I one of the things I did um, for a series that was not doing very well, um, you know, make a few hundred dollars a year, basically. And there's three books and no one was touching it. And I was like, this is just the series doesn't sell. This series doesn't sell. Um, and last year I said, you know what? I don't do any of the marketing things that I tell other people to do. Um, I've done none of them for this series. So let me, let me try it out and see if this series can sell. So I made the first book free. I put it into my newsletter rotation. Um, I even managed to get a book club on the box set. I started cause I finally submitted it for book clubs, which I hadn't been doing. Um, and last year I had like a 300% increase on its income, which still translated, you know, it, it wasn't enough for me to continue putting um, any like ad money, uh, cost per click ad money towards it. But it saw a substantial increase, um, just by making a few, making the first book free and promoting it. Um, which is what I always told other people to do. And I was like, well, I probably could have been making more money on this series for a while if I'd been doing these
0: <laughs> Oh well, you'll kill yourselves with the shoulders
1: uh, Yeah. But it's always, I mean, I it's always... newsletters are my favorite tactics because, you know, it's it's a newsletter it that's been curated for you, that it's not your readers, but it's readers who like who have signed up because they want books like yours. And hopefully, eventually, even if they don't read it right away, they'll get to it. You know, I've I've definitely had readers contact me and say, oh, I can't believe it took me so long to read your book. It's been on my e-reader forever, and now I'm reading everything you've ever written. And I'm like, great, thank you. And I'm like, you know what, I don't mind that it came two years after they picked up the book. Because once they're in, they're in. So I'm just kind of like, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Um but it is i mean and you know i do think uh the more you can get your free books out there just kind of like in the general public or your discount if you're running a sale um you know the more times people see it the more likely they are to either pick it up or remember that they already have it and hey that sounded really good maybe i should go read that now um which is part of the reason that i i do rotate my my books and put them in the same newsletters over and over again um because you know just because someone already downloaded it, if they go to download it again, they're like, "Oh, I already have it. Wow, that does look really good, and sometimes they'll go in again and so i I have found the the paid newsletters and and cross promotion and stuff to actually be a more reliable return on investment for me than the ads um which are getting better so, you know the return on investment is getting better as I learn more and get better at them, but there's definitely um when it comes to knowing that I'm going to get a return um, and feeling assured of that, I tend to lean on the paid newsletters. Um, Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so that's one of the ways that you're doing your backlist marketing. You're, you're putting in these, uh, you know, the book ones um, into other newsletters and all that, not so much on the ads. Um, And then, is there other ways, like, I mean, you can do those things with new releases as well, of course, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, what's what are the sort of things that you do that are better for, I guess, backlist than for new releases?
1: Well, I would, uh, for new releases, I mean, you can put them in the newsletters, but really a lot of the time the newsletters are going to be most effective for books that are free or discounted. And I never want people to discount their new releases. Um, okay. because when it's it i've done it in the past because i was like oh i just want like a, I want to get a bunch of sales and so, uh, it was for me it was a short box set of previously released stories from anthologies that i put together they were all christmas things i put them together in a little christmas box set and i said oh we'll just make it 99 cents because these were previously released everyone's already read them and this was a while ago when I was still getting used to the idea that I had readers out there who hadn't already read my stuff. <laughs> um, and yes, it did really well. And it sold a lot more than it probably would if, if I put it out at like, the real price. But it was also really depressing how so like seeing how much money it actually made at $0.99, cents, which is not a lot. Um, I will say for KU authors, doing things at like 99 cents can actually be really beneficial because you're going for the page reads as opposed to um, so much of the like book purchase income. Um, So that is that is one of those places where I kind of differ in what I do depending on which pen name I'm using. Um, so for KU, I would be more likely, especially in the middle of the series to be like, surprise, it's going to be a 99 cents release, release guys, snap it up. If you want to buy that within like the first two days, and then it goes up to full price because that kind of release strategy would be like, okay, well now it's discounted, but it's going to go back. It's going to go up. You get kind of the people want to get it while it's low. And then you get that extra algorithm boost from Amazon on your release day. And then you get all the page reads and everything like that. Um, and because KU allows you to have like the 99 cent discount deals and the freebies and everything like that. Um, like, honestly, I got kind of mad at myself for underutilizing them after I realized how much they helped last year. And so this year I, I'm doing like six, um, I've got six months instead of four where I'm doing freebies or things just to kind of like boost, boost the income. Um, But I think, you know, we, we get so focused on new releases and like, okay, I'm going to make all these promo images for my new releases. And I'm going to talk about on, on, I'm going to do like teaser Tuesdays and I'm going to talk about my work in progress Wednesday. And I'm going to talk about my upcoming release and how excited I am on TikTok and everything like that. And one of the things that I've been doing um, for marketing my books on social media is I do talk about my upcoming releases, but mostly I'm talking about the older books. Like I have a new release coming out like a week and a half. Um, So, and it's uh, the fifth book in a series and I've done a few, um, I've, I've done some TikTok videos for it, but mostly what I'm concentrating on for this next two weeks until it actually releases is making TikToks for the first book in that series. Um, and kind of trying to just get people, hey, come into the series. And that way, when the fifth book releases, they're there and they're ready. Um, So that's, you know, and I I do that with uh, a lot of my KU books too. Like the KU is really nice because you don't even have to have a series or sale going on. Um, So you can just, especially on TikTok, you can just go up and, and make your posts and I think we get so caught up in thinking about only the new releases that we forget about our backlist. And the backlist is where a lot of the money is, because these books are already there. They're done. And once you get up to about 10 books, that's like 10 10 months worth of content that you can be promoting in between your releases. And for people who are slower writers, um, that can be really, that can be like a really, really good thing. because. On a month when you're not having a release, you can do a sale. Um, you can just spend all month talking about how much you love that book. One thing that I do um, on my Facebook and that I'm trying to spread out to some of my other things, because I've started really seeing how effective that is, is Throwback Thursday, where I just talk about an old book. Um, and it's really effective on social media, especially in my Facebook group, where I have a bunch of readers. Um, and I have such a big backlist that not all of them have read all of the books that I have. So I'll just get on, I'll say, hey, throwback Thursday to this old book. Um, This is everything, these are some of the things I was thinking about when I was writing it. These are some of the things I really love about it. And then I'll ask a few questions um, for them to answer. And part of, I love it because I get to have a discussion about a book that I haven't thought about in a while. And the readers love it for that same reason. And then I also started noticing as I was doing this, I was mostly doing it just for like funsies, but I started getting a lot of comments of like, oh, I haven't read this yet. This sounds really good. And then all the readers in my group pile on and go, oh my God, you have to read it. It's so good. And the sales on that book go up. And I think, I I know I forget a lot that just because someone has read one or two of my books or maybe even one or two of my series, that that doesn't mean they've read everything. And I forget that like, They might just not know, or they might just not have been tempted, but then when you start talking about it, and they hear how excited you were about that book, and the things you loved about it, and see other people being excited, then they're like, well, now I want to read it too. Yeah, that's a good
2: point. I think... I think a lot of uh, readers or a lot of authors do that where they assume, you know, you, you build your list and it's a list of fans. And so you assume that they are fans. So they've read a lot of your books, all of your books. And so then when you're promoting a book, you're kind of like, well, it only makes sense to really talk about my new one to my list because they've already read all the other ones. But as you're saying, like, maybe they haven't. And I guess, especially on a, on a site where I'm uh, more of a social site than a newsletter necessarily, Uh, you might get that sort of interaction where the other um, readers are like, oh, yeah, I really love that book, which then helps even more, as opposed to sort of the one-sided nature of a newsletter where you're saying, you know, here's the book, and then that's the only thing they'll ever hear, right? So, yeah, yeah, I can see how that makes makes a lot of sense.
1: And I will say you can really use this for newsletters, too. One of the things that I want to do this year is transition my newsletter right now I send it out on Fridays and I'm thinking I'm going to transition it over to Mondays or Tuesdays so that I can start sending a throwback Thursday to my newsletter because I have a lot of people on there and I'm like and what I realized uh last year I saw another author doing this and I was like you know what let me just do this to see what happens and it was that she had her perma freebies at the bottom of every newsletter and I said I was like well I mean, these are my newsletter like surely they Downloaded all my perma freebies already, but let me just see. Let me test it because I, I always like testing things so I can get the actual numbers. And I put my perma freebies at the bottom of my newsletter, and I have not stopped doing it. and it It's now in every newsletter because in every newsletter, <laughs> people are clicking. I get at least like at, at least 20 clicks on that stupid banner of my perma freebies. Every newsletter, <laughs> and I'm just like. And 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 you know, you just forget because people read one book, they might sign up for your newsletter after reading one book. And then it's like, well, okay, but now there's these free books at the bottom of every newsletter. And every time people are clicking, and it that's what really solidified it for me in my mind of like as as much as I was already doing to market my backlist, that I was also missing out on the fact that I had new readers that hadn't read all of my old stuff. They got pulled in by the new stuff. Um and maybe they, they haven't heard about it or they weren't, they didn't, you know, they were excited about the new stuff, but now they're just looking for more new stuff because that's mostly what we talk about. But if you can get them excited about and, and hearing about some of your older stuff that you love, um, they respond to that, you know, because they, they already like you in your newsletter. They've, they've signed up for it.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I guess I guess the idea is that, I mean, if your newsletter is static, which it shouldn't really be, but if it was static, then maybe it doesn't make as much sense. Like obviously it's not going to hurt, but the banner mm-hmm. is probably not going to get a huge number of clicks every time. Maybe eventually it would just stop getting clicks altogether because everyone's seen it. But if your list is always growing, then you've always got those people that just signed up after reading one book. And now they get this and they're like, oh yeah, and this is the first newsletter for them, or the second newsletter for them. And then they notice that thing and then they all of a sudden they go click and and you're getting 20 more sales so it doesn't hurt to include that stuff and you know the people that already read it they'll just ignore that that banner
1: yeah yeah and it's just just at the bottom of every newsletter now and i i send weekly um and so i'm getting about 20 clicks a week which
2: (laughs) and how how fast is your newsletter growing is it going you know weekly um
1: so it grew faster last year because i was part of a book club Um, which if you can, if you guys, uh, if anyone ever wants to do something like that, I can say like being part of a book club and that's where um, your book goes out for free um, one month. And then the other 12 months of the year, there are 11 other authors. And so everyone is sending, agrees to put um, the free book in their newsletter. And then to download the free book, um, you can decide whether you want it to be optional or required. Um, the readers have to sign, either have to or, or can sign up for your newsletter. Um, and so it's a really great cross-promotional way to do it. Um, it does need an organizer to decide whose book is going out each month and to make, you know, to send the link to uh, everyone and, and everything like that. Um, and sometimes uh, the people will do it so it's, you know, you're actually signing up for the book club Um, And so instead of choosing to sign up for each and like, if you definitely want to download a book, you just sign up for the book club and the organizer will then um, they're agreeing to have their email sent to everyone, all authors of the book club that year. And so the organizer then has a little bit more work to do in sending um, the book, the, the newsletter, the addresses, the mailing addresses out Uh, to the authors who are part of the book club for that year. Um, And, you know, it is one of those things where you still, the readers can unsubscribe at any time and everything like that. Um, But they are agreeing to have their email sent to all of the authors when they sign up. Um, And that can be, and uh, that's usually used for, that's another backlist book thing, because those, you usually don't want to put your new release in as a free giveaway to possibly, you know, thousands and thousands of readers. Um, I will say you definitely want to be, if you're going to do something like a book club, it definitely should be with other authors who are as close to what you write as you can get. You know, like you really, if you write historical romance, you don't want to be in one with like MC romance. <laughs> um, or if you write like urban fantasy with a little bit of romance, you don't want to be in paranormal romance. You know, you really want to find as close to your genre as possible, um, because it's really saying, like, hey, this is a book club for people who really like books like mine, and these are some authors who write books like mine. Um, and it's, it's a really good way, and since the readers are choosing to sign up for it, it's a really good way of getting um, in front of each other's readers, but also not, like, forcing yourselves upon them or anything. Like, they're choosing to to get free books and try all these authors out and where
2: where would they find these book clubs is that part of something like goodreads or is there are websites for that or
1: unfortunately not um there are some similar things that you can find on like story origin and book funnel um, that are similar to that but a lot of the time it's really authors reaching out to each other and saying hey this and this is what happened to me last year someone said hey I saw these other authors doing this thing and I want to organize it. Would you like to be one of the people that are like, the authors for it? And I had actually signed up for a book club the year before as a reader, because one of my favorite authors was like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Sign up and get free books from me and these, uh, you know, get a free book a month from me and these 11 other authors who all write like me. And I'm like, well, I like you. So yeah, I'll sign up for that and try these other authors. I like new books. Um, and so when I was invited to one, it's just someone who just decided she wanted to organize it. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Um,
2: so, how I, are I, they building that initial list of readers to send the books out to, I guess? So is so it just all everyone?
1: The authors say, hey, uh, so you send out like an initial email, put it up on social media, so just saying, hey, um, I'm part of a book club this year. Or if you start it, probably start promoting it in December um november december so that in january there's a list ready to go but you say so if it's in november December, you say hey upcoming year i'm part of a book club you sign up you get one book a month from me and these 11 other authors it's you know a free book and in exchange you're agreeing to be part of each of our newsletters we're all really awesome we all write in the same genre you're gonna love it um and then at the end of the year you can choose to be part of the next year's book club or you can choose to to be done um and a lot everyone's next year
2: so everyone is uh, so all 12 uh, if there's 12 authors they're all sort of just promoting it to their own list and then that's sort of like a way of of building this like master list and then everyone gets sort of like 11 other authors list of people (laughs) and sort of invite it's almost like a Almost like a subscriber swap as well as a, as a newsletter yes. swap. I
1: mean, Very much so. And it's, it's a, it can be, um, it is a lot, it's more work for the organizer that way. Um, the easier way to do it would just be to say like, okay, agree with 11 other authors that every month you're going to share a book funnel link. You know, like agree whose month it is for each month and then everyone agrees. All right, I'm sharing so-and-so's book funnel link in my newsletter that month. Um, I've seen people doing Brown Robins where it's everyone's swapping book funnel links to free books, um, in their newsletters. And that, that makes it a little bit easier organizationally, but I do think the book clubs work the best where you have the master list and the master list grows throughout the year because people keep signing up for it because you put the book, you know, say, um, golden angels book is in January, you know, download bondage buddies by golden angel for january that goes out to all 12 newsletters Um, and some of the people who missed the november and december sign up stuff because they weren't part of the newsletter or they just missed it somehow go oh it's a book club i can sign up and there's people signing up throughout the year and then usually in december like right at the end of the month um they'll send all of the books from the whole year so that anyone who like signed up halfway through the year can still get the books from earlier in the year um
2: and is that like uh they're not physical books though right you're still sending no, e
1: e-books. No, e-books, ebooks yeah
2: okay. we usually and so, usually
1: book funnel links i'll be honest right.
2: <laughs> and you're and so i mean anybody who joined well not anybody but a lot of the people that would have joined from say your list probably already had your book so you know mm-hmm. they're getting but they're at least getting 11 other you know yep. authors books that are um that they haven't necessarily seen before so yeah yeah that and
1: sense. you know depending on what i'm offering it might be a book that, of mine that they haven't gotten before um so yeah it can it's a pretty powerful cross-promotional tool and again one of those things that just works better with backlist <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. And so the books are, um, you're sending them free, but are they generally uh, ones that are not free? Yeah, uh, at the yeah. yeah. and that,
1: that's the main thing, is that they're not free normally, and so it's a big deal that you're getting it for free um, that month. I do know there's a there's one that I was a part of where most of the authors who did it were normally KU authors, and they had to take turns taking their books out of KU like scheduling it to take it out of the KU for the time period so that they could offer it for free, um, but they did it and they all they all said that they felt it was worth it. Um, so they got they picked up new readers that way. Um, but it is it is one of those things where I would really delineate like if you're trying to organize one or someone asks you to be a part of one, um, really trying to make sure that you're as close to the other authors as possible. So like if I were doing it for my KU pen name, I would want the other authors in it to be KU because that's where their lists, you know, their their readership is all gonna be, for the most part, KU. Um, And when I do it as Golden Angel, I wanna make sure that the other authors in it are Y because that's where most of my readers come from. And I do have a few books in KU and I can fairly definitively say that I don't get a lot of readers crossing over from my KU books into, purchasing my wide books there's some but it's not not really worthwhile enough if i was like the only if, or if there are only one or two wide authors doing a, a newsletter swap, um and everyone else was ku i wouldn't feel like it was a good fit for me right that makes i yeah
2: yeah that's a good That's a good uh, thing that I haven't really heard much about is that book club idea. And it, and it really does make more sense to do it with an older book. And especially if you have a series, like that's a great way to yep. sort of introduce people to your series and then hopefully get that read through, right? Yeah.
1: First or second book, really, especially if the first book's already free give the second book away for free in the book club. And then they've got, they can go back, grab the first book. They've got two free books. And usually at that point, you've got them pretty well hooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good yeah. For series. Sure. They're like, well, I've got two books. Might as well keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> <That's> just-
2: <laughs> are there any other things that we've missed that you, we didn't talk about? Where uh, good ways to, to uh, advertise uh, or market your backlist or have we covered um, everything?
1: I think so i mean for me the biggest thing was was the mindset shift of moving from focusing on the new releases to remembering <laughs> that i had all these other books that i could market um and really setting up the schedule for myself uh for when i was putting last year i would put you know a free book into one newsletter every month this year Um, I'm doing a little better. So I said, you know what? This is worth the investment to me. I'm going to put a free book in two newsletters every month. Um, And I I think that having kind of that steadiness and whether you're in WIDE or KU, like if you're in KU, setting up your, you know, and, and the nice thing about this is because even if you're someone who doesn't do pre orders, you can't do deadlines. You can't, like, having a deadline just kills all your creativity. You can still market your backlist. Um, and whether you're KU or wide, you just say, all right, I can, you know, I, I want a plan and I can make a plan for this year so that no matter when my book's release, I still have, you know, one thing going on every month to market my backlist, whether it's making a book free, either for the whole month or for five days, because that's what KU allows. Um, if it's making, putting a book on sale, um, again, wide or free, it works pretty much just as well, um, and having an event around that, um, with KU I've seen authors do, and I've, and I've done this wide and it worked, it worked, but I, I was very lucky that it worked. I don't know that it would always work. Um, and I've only done it once, but where you put like the entire series on sale, um, for KU that can work really, really well because again, you're going for page reads, but you get to say full series sale. Um, and, and just kind of using the the things that I find the most reliable, which are the newsletter swaps and paid newsletters and social media, letting people know um, what's going on with your books and just kind of trying to keep things steadier. Because for me, that was probably the scariest part about becoming an author was the fact that the income isn't super stable. And I have found that by doing sales and freebies and promoting those and promoting my backlist and... Um, especially as a wide author because the the non-Amazon sites actually do reward uh, just having books available. Um, it's it's a much steadier income um, that I can rely on. And then the new releases are, of course, a nice boost. But in the meantime, I just kind of tend to rely on these are my free books. I know that people will get these books and they'll move them to my series. Um, and Keeping trying to keep my marketing for my backlist steady, so that my backlist income remains steady. That's
0: that's the that's where it starts to become so much easier, isn't it? When you have a big backlist that can hopefully support you, so you don't have to keep churning churning out books because that's not good for the readers, and that's not good for you, good for for you as an author.
1: Yeah, and I'm not a fast writer. I mean, I I release more. I, I manage to release fairly frequently, but for me, like when I look at like some KU authors putting out a book a month, and I'm like, I can't do that, <laughs> and I know that. So it's for me, it became very important to market my backlist because um, my new releases are not coming out in a, on a timetable um, that I think would support me if that was all I was focusing on
0: absolutely. Well, unfortunately it looks like we are running out of time, so we're going to have to, to wrap this up. This has been such a fascinating discussion and I think it's I think it's really valuable advice. I think a lot of writers, you know, who've written quite a few books, sometimes it's so easy to dismiss your backlist and think, oh, that's I've I've shot my bolt with those. But no, I mean there are so many thousands of people who haven't read these books. And then each, you know, they're they're new books to them.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and and I th- and I do think we get caught in the trap of thinking, oh, everyone who would read and enjoy this book has already read and enjoyed it. And that's just not, it's, it's not true. <laughs> People are still reading, like, Stephen King's old books and Nora Roberts' old books. And, you know, like, there's always new readers looking for content. And it doesn't matter how long the book has been out. So, Absolutely. I mean, Bridgerton blew up. I read Bridget <laughs> very hipster i read bridgerton years ago and all of a sudden it blew up and i you know i don't know if julia quinn ever thought oh well everyone who's ever going to read bridgerton has already read it i've moved on to a new series but clearly everyone who has ever read bridgerton did not read it when the series finished they didn't read it until years later when it got the tv show and now everyone's reading it you know so you don't you don't know you never know what can happen with an old series
0: we had we spoke to jen Milliken, who had a who was an author who had um a, a viral TikTok and suddenly a four-year-old book was a number one bestseller. I mean, and it's like
1: Ruby Dixon and Ice Planet Barbarians, uh Colin Hoover's old books, like you yeah. You don't you can't tell. But if you aren't talking about them, you also might never get to find out.
0: Uh yeah, absolutely. Well um unfortunately we have to wrap things up. But Golden Angel, where can people find your books?
1: Um so Golden Angel's books are on Amazon, uh, Kobo, Apple, Google Play. Just about anywhere you can buy Barnes & Noble. Just about anywhere you can buy books. And my website is www.goldenangelromance.com. And I'm on TikTok as Golden Angel Romance.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll drop uh, a link down to your books down below. Craig, do you have anything else to say before we wrap things up?
2: I mean, I agree. It was it was fascinating. I think there's a lot of really good ideas here, and I I totally agree that you know you have to really think about your backlist as product that is still completely viable, right? It's it's you didn't write it one time and make your money, and then now it's no longer. you know, useful. It's, it's, it's something that you can, you know, as you build more and more books, you should be making more and more money. It's they're obviously gonna, you know, over time probably make less, but that that's, that's fine, right? Because you're gonna have more and more books and and your income should continue to grow. So uh, definitely, they should not be ignored. So it's very important to know how to how to properly utilize them. So thanks for coming on and, and giving us all these tips.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I, I love Hidden Gems for helping me market my backlist.
0: So. <laughs> Our pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, so much for taking part of this. If you enjoyed everything that Golden Angel had to say, make sure to let us know in the comment section down below. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell icon for notifications. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. Thanks so much for supporting us.